Welcome into the Roto Lounge, fam. It's your boy Brad Starks in the Roto Lounge, sipping on some bourbon whiskey. We're going to talk about Kenneth Walker III, Michigan State running back, former Wake Forest running back, potential number one fantasy running back in the rookie class. Some have him two, some have him three, some have him four, some have him five. Some even may have him lower than five. We're going to go over his analytical profile and some things that I see on tape. Let you know my initial thoughts of Kenneth Walker III. Now, this is just initial thoughts, right? We want to wait until the combine. We want to see his actual build, his size, his weight, what his speed score is, how quick he is, his agility, his burst. All these things we want to see at the NFL Combine. And then we'll develop our ranking for Kenneth Walker. But this is an initial take. As this, the draft season goes on, I'm hoping to put together some YouTube videos, uh, some data and film. I did a few last year showing what I see. We'll have a, a better picture of what he is after the NFL Combine. Keep your eye out for those. But right now we're going to get into just some quick film, some quick analytics. But before we do that, before we do that, you know what time it is. It's time to drink some bourbon whiskey. Get yourself something to drink. Meet me back here. We'll go over what I'm drinking, and then we'll get down into Kenneth Walker the third and see what he's working with. All right, fam, I'm back. And what I've decided to drink on tonight is a Four Roses single barrel barrel strength party town pick party town is a liquor store in kentucky this is an oesk aged 10 years in three months and four roses has several different mash bills uh, in several different warehouses this is the oesk blend uh, it comes in at 114.8 proof let's pop it championship Hopefully you're drinking something nice tonight. Let's get a little pour. This is a delicious, delicious bourbon. I had to drink on it several times just to kind of get the nose, the palate, everything you're looking for. And every time I, I have some, I, I get a little more. Let's go on real quick for the nose. I mean, it's so good. It's almost like, it's almost like, if you've ever smelled the inside of a bourbon barrel after the bourbon has has you know been taken out of it, it's just an empty, just the kind of musty, wet uh, staves, the burnt staves. You can kind of get that on the nose, but I also get like a sweeter, like a cream, like a creme brulee, like you know that that buttery, crispy smell you get when you get that creme brulee. Very, very good. Now, now, Four Roses, for me, typically are very floral. Uh, I'm not really, I wasn't a real big fan of Four Roses off the shelf, uh, but a friend of mine introduced me to this particular bottle, and I quickly fell in love with this Four Roses. One of the best bourbons I've actually ever had. Um, I did some wheeling and dealing, some trades. I got two bottles from him. He had a case of them. It took me a while. It took me several months. I got one bottle, never opened it, finally convinced him to trade me for another one, and I've opened this one. Let's go in for the taste. Mm. 
Oh my gosh, so, so incredible. There's really no heat at all. Full, full, full mouthfeel. You get a little tingling on the side of your tongue. I get a, a, just a cherry bomb. Not medicinal cherry, but more like like maraschino cherry juice um, on the sides. I get a little bit of chocolate. Then you get hit with like the oak that you kind of smell on the nose. A little bit of leather, some of that barrel char. Very, very, very good. Um, you know, on the finishes, it's, it's a nice nice medium to long finish again you get that that tingling in your in your tongue um you know that sticks around for for quite a bit and just all in all a really 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 good bourbon absolutely love it um one of the best bourbons that i've had um in 2021 and and then 2022 just a really really good Really good bourbon whiskey. All right, enough about bourbon whiskey. If you, if you didn't come for the bourbon whiskey, I'm sorry to bore you. It's something that we like to do. It's something that I enjoy doing. Fast forward if you need to next episode. Let's get into the breakdown of Kenneth Walker III. Right now, he's listed at 5'10", 210 pounds. We'll know more after the NFL Combine. He was a three-star running back coming out of high school. Now, I know it's nice to have your running backs as a four-star or a five-star, but remember, there are very, very talented running backs that came into the NFL that were former three-star running backs. Aaron Jones was a three-star running back. Josh Jacobs was a three-star running back. And also, another former Michigan State running back was a three-star running back, and that was Le'Veon Bell. So we don't want to be discouraged by that three-star ranking uh, it is what it is. Sometimes these players go under the radar. But let's look at what they do and does that translate to the NFL. Now, Walker played his high school ball in Tennessee at Arlington High School. That's in Arlington, Tennessee. He finished a three-year varsity career with 493 carries, 3,408 yards and 41 touchdowns. And he signed on to play at Wake Forest uh, in 2019. Now, he was born in 2000, October of 2000. So that's going to put him at 21 years of age this past October. So he's going to be going into the NFL at 21 years of age. Now, he did sign with Wake Forest, but he only played there for two seasons. And in those two seasons, he never started a game, which was pretty shocking to me, especially when you're talking about a running back that's potentially the number one running back in this class to never have started in two years at Wake Forest. In those two years, he rushed for a combined 1,100 yards, 17 touchdowns. That's a good touchdown total for two seasons. Uh, but when you look at Wake Forest and you look at the, the film, and, and I was very surprised when I watched his tape because they run a very unique offensive style um, some actually refer to it as a horizontal rpo uh, for those of you that don't know what an rpo is traditional rpo is more of a vertical rpo where it's a run pass option where the quarterback puts the ball in the running back's belly reads certain defenders decides if he wants to keep the ball or hand it to the running back now this horizontal uh rpo really attacks like side to side 
it, it puts a strain on the defensive line uh, to find where the ball really is because it's just a slower developing play scheme. The quarterback holds the ball much, much longer, tries to have the read before the ball is snapped versus the traditional RPO. They make the read once the ball is snapped. Really created a unique rushing offense for Wake Forest. So it's hard to de- determine if Kenneth Walker was a product of that offense or if he was being held back by that style of offense. Now, when you look at the tape and you look at his stats, he did pretty well, right? On tape, he showed patience. You had to wait for those holes to really open up. Then he demonstrated you know, above average vision to find the holes that he needed to. And then he showed good burst when you find those holes, the quickness to get into those holes and get to the next level. Look at his profile analytically. I think he performed very, very well at Wake Forest. Uh, And we can look at his market share in his two seasons at Wake Forest. In 2019, as a true freshman, he rushed for 579 yards, four touchdowns, on 98 carries he also added another three receptions for 17 yards now we'll get into his receptions later on because a lot of evaluators knock his ability to be a pass catcher and i'll try to debunk that theory but we'll we'll talk about that later on in the podcast in the season in his true freshman season 2019 he had a 33 almost 34 percent market share of the team's offensive rushing yard which is pretty good as a true freshman. It's not amazing, but it's decent. He had 22% of the team's touchdowns, right, on the ground. Now, also taking into consideration that the quarterback, Jamie Newman, accounted for six of the team's 14 touchdowns on the ground. Uh, So that took the majority of the market share. But 33 and a half, 34% of the team's Uh, rushing touchdowns is pretty good now in 2020 Kenneth Walker again he split time Christian Beal Smith uh, was a I think he was a sophomore when Kenneth Walker was a true freshman so this put him as a junior I believe Um, but in 2020 he rushed for 579 yards and actually 13 touchdowns 13 touchdowns on 119 carries, which was pretty incredible. It gave him a 44% market share of the team's offensive rushing yards and a 68% market share of the team's touchdowns, which is excellent. Almost 70% of the team's rushing touchdowns went to Kenneth Walker, and he wasn't even the bell cow. So that shows he has a knack for the goal line when given the opportunity. But again, he had another low reception total, catching just three passes for 30 yards now at this point in his career Kenneth Walker you know he wasn't happy the way he was being used in this horizontal RPO that we talked about felt his skills were better suited in a different style of offense so he entered the transfer portal following that 2020 season which was the COVID shortened season when he entered the transfer portal Michigan State second year head coach Mel Tucker made Kenneth Walker a top priority for that university. They called him in. They presented film to him on their offense, how productive he could be in that offense. And they even predicted to him that he had a chance 
to do things at Michigan State that no other running back had done in East Lansing. And they predicted that he would be he would make history for the Spartans. Now, did that come to fruition? We will find out. But once he landed on campus, he quickly began getting praise from the coaches and the players. Mel Tucker, who was the head coach and who had previously coached Matt Forte in Chicago, he coached Derrick Henry at Alabama, he coached Nick Chubb, DeAndre Swift, Sony Michelle at Georgia. He said that Kenneth Walker was as good of a running back as he had ever been around. And from a talent perspective, he said that there's no other running back that he could say was better than Kenneth Walker. Now, Kenneth Walker's teammates also praised him. They labeled him as unselfish, humble, and an extremely hard worker. Things that we love to hear about when you talk about prospects going to the NFL. Those that want to work on their craft and be better at what they do have a love for the game of football. So it's good to hear teammates praising him to the public. Now, the praise translated very, very quickly uh, for Kenneth Walker. In his first ever touch at Michigan State, it was a 75-yard touchdown in week one versus Northwestern. Now, he rushed for 264 yards and four touchdowns in that game. Went on to finish the season with 264 carries, 1,646 yards, and 13 touchdowns. This time, his reception total was about five times higher than it had been the previous two seasons. Had 13 receptions, 89 yards, and one touchdown uh, through the air. Finished the season as a running back. Finished the season second in the nation in rushing yards, only behind Lou Nichols, uh, who played at Central Michigan. Now, he outran Walker by about 200 yards, but he also had 70 more carries. Was the nation's leading rusher, leaving uh, Kenneth Walker as the nation's second leading leading rusher. But Walker ranked first in the nation among running backs in missed tackles forced with 89, and also first in yards after contact with 1,168. That is more yards after contact than Isaiah Spiller had in the entire 2021 season. Isaiah Spiller, some say he's the number one running back in the class. Some say he's number two. Some say he's number three. He only finished the season with 1,100 yards, I believe. Kenneth Walker had 1,168 after contact. All right, finished the season with 1,600 total yards. Kenneth Walker did. And also, Kenneth Walker played the final three games of the season with an injured ankle. He hurt his ankle against Maryland uh, and then went on. I think they played Ohio State, Michigan, and Penn State maybe. Uh, but he did injure his ankle, continued to play on that, didn't have a very good game against Ohio State. The other two games he played, he had over 140 yards rushing, uh, if my memory serves me right. Now, analytically, Kenneth Walker dominated in his role at Michigan State. He had a 72% market share of the team's offensive rushing yards and a 76% market share of the team's touchdown. Just completely dominated was the offense. Proved what he could do as a bell cow, like the Michigan State coaches predicted. When they pitched him this role at Michigan State, they predicted that he could do things that other Spartans had never done before. And they were right. They were absolutely right. Kenneth Walker 
was the first Spartan to ever win the Doak Walker Award as the top running back in the country. The very first Michigan State running back to ever win that award. TJ Duckett was there. Uh, Jeremy Langford was there. Le'Veon Bell was there. And there's more running backs that came through those, those hallways. But he was the very first to win that Doak Walker. And also, he was the very first Spartan to ever win the Walter Camp Player of the Year Award. So this man came from Wake Forest, who they barely used him. Rushed for 500-plus yards in two seasons, kind of mediocre. Went to Michigan State, became a legendary running back for Michigan State in one season. That's pretty impressive, uh, if you ask me. Uh, very excited to see him go to the NFL, see what he does at the Combine, see what team decides to, to take a chance on him and see what type of offensive scheme that's going to be. I think he can be successful in many different offensive schemes. But let's talk about, we've talked about his analytics a little bit. Let's talk about what I see on tape. Looking at film, some of his strengths, some of his weaknesses. The first strength that I see is his vision. Uh, I love his ability to be able to find holes. When you look at his Wake Forest tape, he really showed the ability to find the holes with the slow developing movement across the line of scrimmage, the way it was set up. He could easily find those holes that also showed his patience, which I think is a strength of his. You know, he demonstrated that at Wake Forest because he had to wait for, you know, the creases to open up and then he hit those very quickly. When I watched him at Wake Forest, he reminded me a lot of Joe Mixon's style, who got his style from Le'Veon Bell. Just kind of that running back that can kind of wait in the backfield, wait for a hole to open, finds the hole, hits it uh, with his his burst and i want to see you know his, his vertical jump his broad jump that really gives us an idea of what their burst might be at the next level i think his elusiveness is good uh, he seems to have good quickness good agility that shows on on tape he has really good contact balance uh, you see him often times bouncing off defenders and like i mentioned earlier he had the most yards after contact than any other running back in the nation was able to keep his feet most of the time after contact when you watch him on tape so it's really really good to see that and he has great ball security right he rarely fumbled the football i think in college he might have only had one fumble or it was even a questionable fumble uh, he had the longest streak according to pff he had the longest streak in the nation without a fumble with 315 carries. Now went back to his true freshman season at Wake Forest. 315 carries without a fumble, according to PFF. And that skill right there is going to allow him to stay on the field at the NFL level because a lot of times you'll see rookies and running backs pulled if they can't hold on to the football. If you have that type of ball security, you're going to get the ball at the end of the games. The coaches are going to trust you. They're going to allow you to play, learn, develop. That's a good skill to have. You know, so we'd like to see that. Now, let's get into some of his weaknesses. And the first weakness that I want to talk about, which I don't really consider a weakness, but when you hear the knocks on Kenneth Walker, the biggest knock you're going to hear on him is that he he wasn't a receiving back. He can't catch the football or he didn't receive the back. And when you look at fantasy football, let me take a swig here. The fantasy football evaluators are going to say, we want a running back that can catch the ball. 
we want a PPR type back because that's going to get us fantasy points, which is great. However, if Kenneth Walker goes to the NFL and he's the best running back on the team, it doesn't matter if he's going to be uh, every down receiving back. He's going to be getting the majority of the touches on the offense, and that's going to translate to fantasy points. So, yes, while he's not DeAndre Swift, he's not Alvin Kamara, he is a receiving back. You go back to his time in high school, right? I went back to his time in high school. He played three years on varsity. He had 64 receptions, 1,058 yards, and 16 touchdowns in high school. That's not bad. Or his receptions by year were 14, 22, and 28. Showed the capability of receiving the ball in high school, scored 16 touchdowns. Now, in college, he went to college. He wasn't asked to catch the football. The offenses that he played for didn't rely on the backs to catch the ball. But when you look at his market share of receptions, when the team threw the ball, he got it just as much as anybody else on the offense. Look at 2019. The running backs for Wake Forest only combined for 16 receptions. His true freshman season, they only had 16 receptions. He had three of those. It gave him a 19% market share of the team's receptions. Not really that bad. You know, you look at three, oh, that's not very many. But as a whole, there was only 16 for the entire season, right? They had an RPO, a running quarterback. They didn't throw it to the running back that much. Can he receive or can he not? Was the opportunity there? Was it not? That's what you have to kind of determine when you evaluate these players. Look at his second season at Wake Forest, 2020. The running backs combined for five receptions in the games that he played. Five receptions other than what he had. He had another additional three. So in the games he played, Wake Forest running backs had eight receptions. He had three of them. That gave him a 60% market share of the team's receptions. So yes, he didn't catch a lot of passes, but neither did anybody else on the team. So having the majority of that market share was pretty important. Then he went to Michigan State, a completely different type of offense. He had a combined, the, the team, the, the running backs had a combined 28 receptions on the season in the games that he played. He had 13 of those, which gave him a 46% market share of the team's receptions, which is pretty impressive, right? Almost half of all the receptions for the running backs went to Kenneth Walker III. So is he a passing weapon like DeAndre Swift? No, he's not. Is he a passing weapon like Alvin Kamara? No, he's not. Is he a capable receiver out of the backfield? I think he is. I think he is. Look at A.J. Dillon, right? The knock on A.J. Dillon, he can catch. He didn't catch in college. He can catch. He didn't catch in college. He had 21 career receptions at, at Boston College. The evaluator said he couldn't catch, right? Last year for Green Bay, A.J. Dillon caught 33 balls. 33 catches last year, more than any season ever in college. I think the most he had in college was 13 in one season. He had 33 catches last year, showed more than enough skill uh, in the department to be dangerous as a pass catching back. Look at Jonathan Taylor, the number one fantasy back in football right now, potentially the dynasty RB number one. He had 32 total receptions in college, 32. Last year for Indy, he had 37 in one season right? These running backs were not always asked to be receivers at the college level, but it doesn't mean they can't translate to receivers at the NFL level. Now, Kenneth Walker only had, I think, 19 receptions, so it's a little lower than Taylor and a little lower than Dylan, but 
He has that potential. Some call it a weaknesses. I don't call it a weakness. I don't call it a strength, but I also don't call it a weakness. But when you look at also on tape, you want to look at his pass blocking, right? Was he a good pass blocker? And I, I don't think he was, and he's not an NFL level pass blocker. I think it is a potential weakness. He shows decent skill at it. For me, not good enough for the NFL level right now. Needs to improve on that. If you can't pass block, you're not going to see the field at the NFL level because you have to protect the franchise quarterback, the one they're paying all the money to. If you can't protect him, you're not going to see the field. Cheers. Now, another weakness that um, could be a weakness, I don't know, I'm waiting for the combine, is his long speed. On tape, he did break some long runs, but can he do that at the NFL level? I'm curious to see his 40-yard dash time. Uh, You know, I really want to know what type of speed he's working with. I like my running backs to be fast. I like my Saquon Barkley's, my Christian McCaffrey's, my Alvin Kamara's. I like my 4-4 guys, right? You know, you have your 4-6 James Connors who enter the top five because of touchdowns. You have your 4-6 Josh Jacobs who can kind of grind out plays. Can't really break away long runs, but part of fantasy football is getting those big chunk those big chunk runs, right? You need speed to get those chunk runs. So I like to have my running backs with with speed. So I'm anxious to see what he does at the NFL Combine. And also when you watch him on tape, does his game translate to the NFL level? Now, I think he needs to develop a style of making players miss rather than expecting to generate uh, yards after contact, creating those yards after contact like he did uh in the Big Ten uh, and at Wake Forest. The NFL is not the Big Ten. Um, Again, Le'Veon Bell really changed his style of run once he left Michigan State and went to Pittsburgh. Can he do it? Yes. Um, It it all comes down as do you want to put your faith in Kenneth Walker? He has the skills. He has the production. He has the tape. He has the support of his coaches and his teammates saying, you know, what type of person he is. Right now, he's looking like a very good candidate to be my number one fantasy back in this class. Now, I still have to break down Brees Hall and Isaiah Spiller, who I think are his competition for that crown. And we'll know more of the combine in a few weeks. But I'm going to try to get Brees Hall's uh, breakdown out. I'll try to get Isaiah Spiller's breakdown out just to kind of compare these three backs and see who we want as our fantasy Rookie number one. But again, the combine is very important in my evaluation and my analytical breakdown to see what type of metrics they have. So like I mentioned earlier, I'm hoping to have some YouTube content with film breakdown as the draft season progresses. Keep your eye out on that. Uh, I appreciate the support. Find me on Twitter at Roto Lounge. You can find my Patreon page, patreon.com slash Roto Lounge. I'll have my rookie rankings there. Uh, I won't have them anywhere else. That's strictly for the patrons. Thank you, patrons, for your support. Uh, I also do uh, you know, things there. Check it out. Once I get on YouTube, I hope you subscribe um, to the channel. So any videos I release, you can see those. I hope you enjoy the breakdown of Kenneth Walker. Again, I appreciate your support. So let me finish this whiskey and get out of here. This has been your boy, Brad Starks. Think things are looking up. So drink up and good luck. Cheers. <laughs>